0: Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves News. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back guys to Pirate Talk Radio, this is episode 58, and I am Davram, and I hope that everyone had a safe and happy holiday season. I know that I took some time off of content, uh, didn't do the podcast, the two podcasts that I do, didn't really do a whole lot of streaming. Uh, I wanted to kind of take uh, some time at the end of the year with how busy work was, and Travel and go see my family. Um, I don't get to see my family a whole lot. Um, you know, my, my last grandparent that I have is, is she's, I think 94 years old now, you know, really getting up there in age, not doing so well, though. She's still healthy and spunky and getting around, uh, not doing that great. And, and a couple of my family members that, that honestly I haven't seen for years, um, were, were visiting. So I I wanted to travel a little bit and, and go see them. So I apologize again. I didn't get episodes out, but, uh, during the holiday season, you know, um, I live alone. I'm a single dude. I, I, you know, stick to myself most of most of the year. Uh, so I really wanted to take the time, um, away and, and go see my family and recharge, uh, for 2022. And here we are, we are now in 2022. So, um, I had this idea, uh, for this episode, um, about a month ago, and I started to kind of think about how I wanted to present it. Um, and, and, I I think we need to take a moment, take this episode, I guess, and look back on 2021. I always like to, you know, when a new year rings, I always like to take some time on on New Year's Eve, sit down and kind of recap what my life was uh, for the previous year, what goals uh, that I set forth. I always set goals for the year, uh, short term, long term goals for the year. Um, and I, I write those down and I, I keep them stored. And then when the new year changes over, I pull that paper out and I see, you know, what things did we accomplish? Um, how close did we hit all the goals? Um, and then sit down and do it again. That's something I've done for a long time. Uh, and it really allows me to, um, think about the focus, um, of my life Uh, And think about the focus of, of what I accomplished, what I've done, and then set a focus for the next year. Um, so that's what I try to do. And I, and I think, uh, as you know, the way I handle this podcast with providing feedback, good, bad, negative, my ideas about the game and stuff like that. I think it's a good time to look at sea of thieves 2021 in review and just take a look at what happened in sea of thieves over the past 365 days and kind of get a gauge of where we're going from, from here. I know, um, that there's been a lot of videos. Uh, put out. I know that uh, some of the podcast shows out there have discussed this orb uh, and the crazy amount of, I I don't want to say spoilers, but foreshadowing um, and some answers that we got with the Sea of Thieves um, uh, video on on Twitch, the live stream. Got a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, I'm not ready to dive into that yet. I I know a lot of people have talked about it and I'll get to it eventually. Um, But I want to take a moment and look back on the last year first, um, in this episode, and then we can move forward with 2022, because again, I, I think this year for this show, this show has grown leaps and bounds more than I could ever imagine this year. And I appreciate that from each and every one of you. Um, but I think a lot of times we get ahead of ourselves and we're always looking at what's coming next, what's coming next, what's coming next. And we forget and we, we stop and we don't stop to think about what an amazing year or what an amazing update or what an amazing past that we've had and understand what was accomplished in 365 days. Um, you know, we're, we we want to know more about the orb. We want to know more about, you know, Wanda and golden sands and, and the reapers hideout and what's coming next. Like that's very exciting and amazing, but I think we also need to take a moment and, and really appreciate what we got in the past year. Um, I know a lot of times, even I am very short-sighted as far as looking at the updates and and looking at what the game is right now in this moment and why it is. And that's fine. That's what I view my job is: as covering this game. Um, and and a lot of times, I I don't take a step back and I say, "Well, where have we came from? Right? Where did where did we start?" Where are we now? And then where are we going? So I want this episode to really focus on where were we and where have we come? The adventure, the journey that we've had uh, this year. And it's quite a big one. It's quite a big one. And um, I'll start by saying this. Did you guys know that a year ago today we were in season one you guys, you guys remember that? Yeah. Seasons at this point feel like they've been around forever, right? No, N- no. 2021 was our first year of season. Season one kicked off a year ago, season one. And now we're on season five. That's crazy to think that a game that didn't have a seasonal progression system ever and it's what two years three years of an existence going on you know three and a half four years now didn't have a seasonal progression system at all when all these other games apex and and halo and and all these other games out there have had seasonal progression systems for a while now see if thieves hasn't had that we just got it a year ago and there have been some ups and some downs to that and we're going to be ranking the seasons um or i'm going to be ranking the seasons in my opinion what the top to the, the, you know, one through five, right? Cause we've had, we've had the opportunity to dip our toes into five seasons now, even though season, season five is still underway. We've dipped our toes into five seasons. We see the major features of all five seasons now. So I'm going to rank those and, and give you guys obviously the opportunity in the comment section or uh, sending an email into the show or tweeting at me or joining the Discord for the conversation. Um, you can tell me what your opinion is on, the, on where all five seasons rank. Um, and then we're also going to talk about the best update of 2021. Uh, in my opinion, what the best cosmetic of 2021 is. And then finally, the, the best feature of 2021. And I think some of these rankings might surprise you guys. Uh, Might surprise you guys, but we just had season one a year ago and now we're on season five. So to think about that journey, we've had what? 12 months. So 12 small updates. Well, you know, every season is a large update, but in between that, we've had seven small updates and five large updates. That's a lot. That's a lot of coding. That's a lot of development. It's a lot of time. Now, sometimes the coding and the time and the development doesn't line up exactly how we want and doesn't pan out exactly how we think it should. And you know I've had many episodes of complaining and yelling and, and everything. But if we think about where Sea of Thieves was a year ago and we think about where Sea of Thieves is now, Is it the same game? Sure. It's still Sea of Thieves. But is it a brand new game that has a completely new facelift as far as the things you can do and the ways you can do them? Absolutely. This year, in my opinion, has been the biggest year of Sea of Thieves yet. We can see that in the player base. Um, And though we're going through a period of time right now, again, Season 5 didn't have really anything new for us to do, right? We're going through a period of time where you may have some blank servers, some dead servers, you may have some days where you've got constant spicy sweaty players that you're fighting. It's just the it's just the roller coaster of this game. But this game is in a completely different place than it was 365 days 365 days ago. This game has a pretty consistent and set update schedule. It didn't have that before. And though the update style of a large update followed by a couple small updates is still relatively the same as what they were doing before, they're more consistent with it now. They've put timetables on themselves where we know how long a season is going to go. The only thing we knew prior to this uh, seasonal year, the only thing we knew prior to this was the emissary ledges would reset every month and no one gave a damn about that because quite frankly the rewards never changed so who cared people forgot about what an emissary was except it gave you additional gold there was no reason to do it but the the new seasonal change has has basically put structure around rare their calendar their timing And that's super important, in my opinion, from where the game was and where it was going to where it is now and where it is going. In my opinion, prior to uh, 2021, Sea of Thieves was going in a very negative direction. It was going downhill. Updates were inconsistent. Bugs were rampant. Exploits were rampant. Players were leaving by the handful. It was not in a good place. And though I think... Season one did not fix this. I think now that rare is on a structure where players understand what they can expect when they can expect these updates so they can kind of play in their game time around the seasonal passes and the new features is huge. Because Rare is now going to be able to anticipate not only new players coming into the game with these trailers, but they're going to be able to expect older players to come back each and every season in order to play through what is new and get the new stuff. The game is based around cosmetics. So if you're not releasing cosmetics on a relatively frequent basis, who's going to log in, right? The only thing to collect in this game is cosmetics, right? Sure, people love to fight. People love to go out and do voyages. People love to go out and meet people. People love to go out and kill the Megalodon, and some people even love to go out and kill the Kraken. But at the end of the day, it's cosmetics. That is the only keepsake that we get from update to update, Emporium to Emporium, season to season, cosmetics. There's no new things to unlock. There's no new bulletproof vest or or armor upgrades or dungeons to get the best in slot. No, everyone is on an even playing field in this game. And it's just, you can make yourself look different. So having a system now where there is known that a large update is coming and that update will span over a couple months and you'll be able to unlock cosmetics during that time. And then in that. Update will also be maybe an event or two or maybe three that you can unlock other cosmetics. And so now players have an understanding and an expectation of when these updates are coming. And I think that really helps the player base and really is going to lessen the roller coaster that we've seen in Sea of Thieves over the course of time. I think it's going to start to level out a little bit more. Sure, new players are going to come in and old players are going to leave. But again, a game when it is stable will have not a roller coaster of players. It will have a relatively even line of players that we know the game gets some new. It loses some, but overall it's staying consistent. It's got a consistent uh, source of revenue either through uh, the game pass, the seasonal pass, the emporium. You know, obviously, games always want to be going upwards in their player base, but realistically, anymore that's very hard to do with all the games coming out all the time. I, and I think game studios need to have that as their focus, where we want our player base to always be climbing, but they need to have the realistic approach to understand that if we are making money and our player base is not rollercoasting and is not declining, that's what we want to see. And I think this year of really hammering down this style of update calendar has really helped. And I think they still have a long way to go as far as consistency. Um, not necessarily on their calendar, but on their actual development, their coding and their updates. I want to see 2022 become a year of quality and a year of consistency where yes, we're going to get cool new story lore and we're going to get cool new stuff. But what I really want to see is consistency and quality. I want to see these monthly or sometimes every couple weeks, like every two, three weeks, a tweet coming out saying, ah, we had some matchmaking issues, which caused some players not to log in or not get credit. I want to see combat better. It doesn't have to be perfect. It'll never be perfect, but I want to see it better instead of a roller coaster of sometimes some guns work properly. Sometimes the sword works properly. Sometimes nothing works at all. That's not what we want. That's not what we need to see. I want to see consistency. I want to see like their player base. I want to see the bugs and issues, not doing this, but more starting to level out where there's more of a stable game, both on the server side. And I don't think that's all rare, by the way, I think that's partly Microsoft and the Azure servers, but that's. Another issue entirely, Um, but if that is the case and that's the infrastructure that Rare has because they're part of Microsoft, then they need to figure out on a coding level how to make their code work better with the Azure server system. So I would like to see 2022 match 2021 in its impact in the overall game, but the impact I want it to do is not new stuff, new cool stuff. I want it to impact the quality of the player experience through consistency in making sure bugs are better, exploits are gone, and we're not having these matchmaking server issues. Is it going to happen overnight? No, it will not. It will not. But over the course of the year, just like this year with the seasons, I would like to see a consistent focus on Rare to put quality into these updates and not quantity. Quantity is one thing. But if you don't have the quality behind it, the quantity means dick, the quantity means shit. And we'll get into that when we we talk about the rankings, because in my opinion, the worst season of this year had a lot of quantity, but no quality whatsoever. So let's dive into it. Everyone's going to have their own opinion on this and that's fine. I am a, um, I have an advocate for equal rights everywhere. And, uh, part of that means that I will advocate for your right to be wrong. Okay. Um, so we understand that my ranking system is the only ranking system and the best ranking system out there. And if you don't like it, well, you can send me an email or tweet at me or whatever, and we can have that discussion. But remember, remember, I will fight for your right to be wrong. And that's absolutely fine. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with rank number five. So we'll start with the worst season, and we will go to the best season. If you're sitting here right now and you don't know what the best season of, of 2021 is, uh, do you even see a thieves, only Because there, there is a clear number one. There is a clear number one. And if you don't know what that is right now, and you're surprised when I get to it, I don't know what to tell you. You might want to reevaluate your Sea of Thieves career and your Sea of Thieves life. Um, Maybe you're a new player. Maybe you just happened and you tripped, fell, broke your nose and found this podcast. And you're trying to correct your bloody broken nose. And you're like, what the hell is he talking about? What? What is? What? Maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, well, then go figure it out. Because I'm telling you, there is a clear cut number one. And there's nothing that comes close to it. And everyone should be screaming at their, like, if you're sitting, if you're sitting on the shitter right now with your air pods in listening to this show while taking your morning constitutional, then you should be yelling and creeping everyone out in the bathroom right now by yelling at the top of your lungs, what the best season is. Other people are going to have no idea what you're talking about. And just the thinking, well, This must just be how this person, you know, convinces the poop to come out. Or maybe they're a Sea of Thieves fan and will join in the chant. I I don't know. Depends on the bathroom you're at, I guess. Just make sure you, you wipe, okay? And wash your hands. So here we go. Number five. The worst season so far. The worst season of 2021 is and goes to the Sunken Kingdom. The Sunken Kingdom was the epitome of quantity over quality. For a long time, we the players have been asking for an expansion of the map. Uh, We kind of got that expansion of the map in a way. Um, when we got uh, a pirate's life, uh, the shroud was pushed back, right? We've got things that were out there and we had a beautiful new area to explore and, and new lore to uncover with the sirens and the siren queen in a pirate's life. And this, I think excited a lot of people in that they thought that, uh, this would be something cool to explore more. And I think rare saw that as well as a, a massive opportunity utilizing the beautiful artwork that they did, uh, for a pirate's life in the sunken kingdom areas with the, with the black pearl and the, the kraken, you can finally see the kraken's face, right? The beautiful artwork that was established in a pirate's life and building on that and allowing us again a better look at the sunken kingdom, the history of the ancients, the history of the sirens, and seeing more of these beautiful things um, under the water. Unfortunately, it fell very, very, very flat. Um, not only were there extreme amounts of bugs throughout Sunken Kingdom that lasted a ridiculous and unacceptable amount of time um, throughout the season, but in general, the new shrines and the new tribute uh, areas were just kind of boring and lame, to be honest. Though they looked beautiful, they they were, I don't want to say cookie cutter because they are... Different, They were very much the same. Um, and yes, like I said, the, the actual structure of them was different, but they were the same puzzles or an underwater fort with the water going up and down and you switch between skeletons, ocean crawlers and sirens. It was a lot of quantity right? Adding that many shrines and that many treasure uh, rooms to the game and that many encounters and that many puzzles was a lot of quantity. There was a lot of lore um, in there, right? To get the coral curse um, through getting all the lore. There was a lot of information to, to grow on the story. It was a lot of quantity, but very little quality. I can tell you I've went through every single one of the shrines and every single one of the treasuries and just sitting here, I can't tell you a unique feature about any of them. I'm sure some of you who have farmed them and done them over and over again to get your coral curse and to, to get all the accommodations done would be, you know, yelling right now at me saying, oh, well, this one's different and this one looks different and this one has this statue and this one does this and this one tells us about this and this one has this painting and I'm sure that's true. But I can tell you this, looking at other things in the season, Fort of Fortune, that's different than a fort. Notably different. Pirate's Life, that's very different than all the other tall tales we've ever done. Things that we got in the t- Tools Not Rules Season 5, some crazy new stuff. I can point at that; th- those things. Lost Shipments, that completely changed the way that Merchant Alliance worked completely. But Sunken Kingdom? Sunken Kingdom? A lot of quantity. Not a lot of quality there. Again, I don't want to smash on the fact that the art style wasn't beautiful. I don't want to smash on the fact that Rare decided to give us some new areas. But again, like I've complained time in and time out, Rare oftentimes pushes out a lot that's not really good. And some players I know loved it. But I can tell you, there's even lore hounds out there that I've talked to who are all about the lore of Sunken Kingdom, but that's it. They found it boring. And these are, these are players that I'm talking about players out there that literally have the Noah's Ark Merchant Alliance achievements done, right? They have taken all the pigs and they have taken all the snakes and they've taken all the chickens and they have all that shit done. They've got it done. Right? They understand that in Sea of Thieves, to get things done, you have to do some of these dumb, menial tasks forever and ever and play Noah's Ark and save the animals from the flood of Jesus. Okay. And even they said the sunken kingdom was lame and boring. That says a lot. That says a lot coming from a player who's done all the Merchant Alliance accommodations. And again, there are things that we can rip apart in every single one of these seasons. Even a Pirate's Life had things that were a problem. Something has to be number five, though. And of all the seasons this this year, I think season four which again was sunken kingdom, I think comes in at the worst season. I think it provided us a lot of stuff that we wanted, but it provided in a way that it was bad. It was poorly developed. It was undercooked. And it fell through. It fell short. It fell short bad. I'm anxious to see as season five comes to a close here in a, a, a month and a half. I'm anxious to see where our player numbers, and again, we only have access to Steam, we could see what happened to the players quickly on Sunken Kingdom. Like the freaking drop-off on the world's highest-hilled roller coaster when Season 4 hit. Everyone was still on a high, and boom, it plummeted. And it didn't start to recover until Season 5. And I think people are taking Season 5 in two different lights, and some are taking it very positively, like myself, and others are kind of, they don't want to call it lame and boring, but they also kind of want to call it lame and boring. They've got some cool new tools to play with, but they don't have new things to do with those new th- those tools. So I think Sunken Kingdom just fell flat. I think it could have been great. I just think it needed to be in the oven a little bit longer. Um, I, I think it needed some more thought process. Um, I think when this was presented coming right after, um, a pirate's life, I think, I think rare was trying to harness what they had started in a pirate's life and they wanted to keep that going. Um, and they just fell short and it was undercooked. I think they should have taken, finished a pirate's life. You know, we beat the Siren Queen in the the Tall Tales. We we vanquished Davy Jones to the the Sea of the Damned. I think they should have stepped away from that <clears throat> for a little while. And then revisited the Sunken Kingdom sometime this year in 2022. And really made it, hey, we killed that Siren Queen. Now the Sirens are pissed. We know we've discovered where they are now and really given us a fully baked quality solution where I can sit there or any player can sit there, tell you the differences between all the different shrines and treasuries and have really unique experiences in each and not just feel like I'm just blind sleepwalking through it because that's what it felt to me. When I played through each of these these new shrines and treasuries, I literally felt like I could sleepwalk through it. And that is not an experience that I want. I have really no big interest in going back to them to finish what I need to do to finish them. Now, with that being said, here's a little spoiler for each and every one of you out there. Soon, TM, the one and only Captain Logan from the Keel Hall Podcast, will be joining me on stream, twitch.tv slash Davram, on our Saturday streams, and we're going to be playing Sea of Thieves. I've been away from playing Sea of Thieves on stream for a while, but uh, but Logan talked to me in chat the other day, and uh, we both agreed um, that uh, we're going to start playing together. Because, again, he likes to play with people, I like to play with people, and I made the, the, the decision that season five... The only time I'm playing is when I have someone to play with. And so Logan wants to take me through these shrines and treasuries and do some other things that, that are, you know, that are, that are Logan's favorite things to do. And we're going to start playing on Saturday. So if you want to come by and, and it's, it's going to be a good time. Anytime him and I get together, it's always a good time. So um, it won't be this Saturday when this episode comes out, but look forward to it in the future. Um, uh, we will definitely be playing sea of thieves on stream and, uh, it should be fun. Cause there's go- always going to be a lot of good conversation between us, um, because we both love this game, but, um, oftentimes have differing opinions of, about how the game is, uh, is progressing, but we're good friends. And, uh, and I can't wait for that to start. So, uh, and I'm sure he'll have plenty to say to me about ranking sunken kingdom at number five. Um, but there you go. Uh, number four, number four. Season one. Now, some people are probably going to consider season one the worst. And I may agree with you, depending on what your evidence is, I may agree with you. But there's one thing that season one had that in an aspect was game-changing. It had one key feature. And now I've named these seasons for their key features, right? Obviously the seasons kind of had their own uh, name, right? But I've named them myself um, based on their key features. So season four, Sunken Kingdom. I believe that's what the actual name was. Season one, I've named Lost Shipments. And you're saying, Davram, why is that a key feature? For a very long time, The Merchant Alliance was probably the worst and most boring um, faction to work on. Gold Hoarders got the Gold Vaults. Order of Souls, you got to actually fight things, so anytime you get to fight things, that's awesome. Merchant Alliance had crates that you had to go out and find and turn in. They had animals. Not many people wanted to be merchants. And then Lost Shipments came. And Lost Shipments gave us a very interesting new quest. And that is kind of a mystery quest where you're not quite sure where the clues are. You know where you start and you have a map that shows the trade route to where you go. And, a, and, and along that, you've got to find all the different pieces to the puzzle. It was a... A very unique take at a puzzle in Sea of Thieves, right? A lot of times when we look at Sea of Thieves puzzles, um, prior to, you know, at this point in the game, we're talking about blocks on pillars that you turn and rotate and you unlock something, right? That that's pretty much the puzzles that you got. Um, that pretty much the only puzzles that you got. And though the lost shipment isn't a major puzzle, it was kind of like a mystery where you're retracing a ship that was supposed to be working for the Merchant Alliance that got sunk. It never made it to where it goes, and your job is to figure out what happened to it and recover the cargo. Um, very much, um, very much a historical accurate thing, right? These ships were sent out um, on these missions of trade or whatever for the crowns, you know, England, Spain, France, whatever it may be. Um, and these pirates would get a hold of the route and they would get a hold of this stuff and the pirates would go and either try to steal it, sink the ship, or figure out where the hell that ship went um, to hopefully get the booty and, and get paid. It also kind of mixed in some lore where obviously in, in our world, we had the East India Trading Company. Well, in the Sea of Thieves world, there's another force on the seas and will we ever see them? I don't know if we will or not, but the grand maritime union, the East India trading company version inside sea of thieves. And we've seen hints of the grand maritime union in the past. And, and we've w- since season one, we've seen more references to them. And M- Mike Chapman talked about it a little bit on the kill Hall podcast, but now we're starting to understand that these ships are getting sunk. These pirate trading vessels are getting sunk. These merchant alliance vessels are getting sunk. And what this allowed us to do was not only give us a better way to raise our emissary value, but it also made merchant alliance kind of equal to gold hoarders and order of souls in terms of cha-ching, cha-ching. Right? If you do a fort... With order of souls, or if you do a a, um, flame heart with order of souls or a ghost fleet with order of souls, if you do any of the world events with order of souls, you get a lot of cheddar cheese, not only from order of souls with all the skulls that you get, but you also get, you know, the rep for them. With gold hoarders, well, there's gold treasure chests everywhere. Uh, specifically, with the gold vaults, there's a lot of uh, opportunities there to get cheddar cheese for the uh, um, for the gold hoarders. But the Merchant Alliance really never had that big cash payout until lost shipments. And Lost Shipments gave you the ability to find the ledger, which it's always funny what position the skeletal captain is in. Um, Some of them are quite hilarious. It gave you a sunken ship to plunder, which could have fish in it that you need, could have big boom barrels that you need to trade in uh, for your accommodation. And if you found the key along the way, you could get a giant captain's quarter full of Merchant Alliance stuff, including a wood crate cannonball crate, which are sometimes difficult to find for those particular achievements. So I think that season one, though it was their first start of, uh, of the seasons, I don't think the, the, the plunder pass was that great. Um, in fact, I don't think plunder pass for season one or season two, um, was that great. But it got better. Um, it was their first attempt at a season. So, you know, what can I expect? But I think Lost Shipments, that small thing, it wasn't that small in the grand scheme of things, as far as probably the development work around it. But as far as us, the player, that small little thing, adding one new type of voyage, in my opinion, was a game changer for this because it took probably the lowest and least likely emissary to actually fly and actually work on and put it up there even with the rest so I put season one at rank four as far as the season rankings I think it was an okay season I think it introduced a nice game-changing um, feature um and that's that's what it did I that's all I can say about that number three. On our list of seasonal rankings of 2021. Season two, the fort of fortune. Now, let me tell you why season two is not higher. We just talked about lost shipments, right? Lost shipments was a game changing thing. It was huge. It was massive. It was big, big, Because it took a trading company and it brought it back up to near or at par of the other trading companies. Fort of Fortune sounded cool. The trailer looked cool. The idea sounded amazing. The execution, however, not so much. And let me tell you why. The Fort of Fortune is just another fort. There was nothing new and exciting about the Fort of Fortune once it released. It was just another fort where you go through the normal waves of skeletons. You go through the captain wave. Then you get the normal boss of the fort. And then you get the other two bosses of the fort. Then you get a full Ashen Winds event. I called it at the time a box where you took multiple leftovers that were already cold and you threw it into this box and you stirred it and you presented it as a new meal. And anytime that you do that, in my opinion, it's lazy and it's not creative. And I hammered the Ford of fortune and I hammered rare hard during season two about this. The fort of fortune has not been a feature that has lasted through the ages. A lot of times anymore on servers, a fort of fortune will spawn and it'll despawn before anyone will ever touch it. Why is that? The loot is great. You get a crap ton of loot for it. It's because it is difficult. And when I say difficult, I mean, it's not hard to complete. It's long to complete and anything in sea of thieves that takes a considerable amount of time to complete the higher the chance that a Tucker will come, a higher the chance a Reaper ship will sit, sit and wait for you to finish and then come attack you, or a non-Reaper ship will come sit and wait and come attack you. Anytime there is something in Sea of Thieves that is in the open world that takes a considerable amount of time to complete, the higher chance that you're going to get attacked, sunk, your stuff stolen. Which means... Risk versus reward. Yes, the reward of Fort of Fortune is relatively high compared to other forts. But the risk is even higher because it takes, what, twice the time of a normal fort. If you consider players doing solo sloops, a Fort of Fortune could take 45 minutes to an hour, maybe, as a solo player. Probably not that long. But for a player who might not be that good at the game or is still learning the game... It could take them a long time. I've seen players go try it and give up. Again, do I think the Fort of Fortune is that hard? No, I don't. But it takes a long time. Getting through all the waves and then the captains and then the boss and then the double boss and then the Ashen Wins. It takes time. And especially when this particular update came out, we didn't have Disney sticks yet. Disney sticks kind of changed the game. As far as how fast you can kill bosses. But at the time that season two came out, we didn't have that. And even to this day, even with the Disney sticks out there, Fort of Fortunes will spawn and despawn and no one will ever touch them. Again, because they take so long, you can be an amazingly good player. You can be a player that has played this game since release. You can be a player that is. Just an amazing PVPer, an amazing, just an all around, just top notch player. And they're not going to touch the Fort of Fortune because literally it takes forever. It takes forever. And sure you get a chest of legends at the end. But to be fair, the chest of legends is not the most valuable piece of loot that you get out of the Fort of Fortune. It's not really even one of the most valuable pieces of loot in the game. Yes, it's a more rare piece of loot, which is why people want to steal them and turn them in and feel, you know, like their EP has grown because they stole a chest of legends. But in all reality, they're not that much money. A Golden Reaper chest is more money. A Ashen skull is more money. And you can get those more easier than you can a Chest of Legends. Chest of Legends sell for right around the same amount as the Manifest from a lost shipment. And it takes a lot faster of a time to get through the lost shipment than it does to do an Athena Voyage or a Fort of Fortune. Where Season 1 took a trading company and moved that trading company into a position where they're more equal, to the other trading companies. Fort of Fortune looked like it was going to do that with Athena, but it failed. It failed miserably because it takes too long and people are not going to take the risk for the reward payout. They're not going to take that risk for the reward payout. I still love doing Fort of Fortunes when I have people because I love encouraging those players to come and attack me because I love PvP. And I want to fight over a fort for hours because that's fun to me. That's fun to me. But a lot of players just skip over the fort of fortune. You can watch it on streams to this day. Watch any of the PVP streamers. They see a fort of fortune pop up. They kind of get excited. They see a fort of the dam pop up. They get really excited because a player has to activate that. They see a fort of fortune pop up. It's not necessarily as exciting because a lot of times players don't even go to it. They don't even go to it. Now there was another feature in season two. And, and to be fair, now that I'm sitting here talking about it more, I I've got my notes down, but talking about it more, I almost want to put season two at rank four and move season one up to rank three, but I'm not going to do that because I'm confident in my rankings. The other thing that was added in season three was commodities and commodities. And this was the new feature of sailing around, trading, buying from one port and selling to another, adding a trade route system into the game. And I think that is a great system for the Merchant Alliance. I, it was busted when it first came out and it was way overpowered. They have since tuned it and now they've made it basically pointless to do unless you want to do commendations. Um, Mm -hmm. So overall, kind of a feature that could have been cool, but again, undercooked, not quality controlled at whatsoever um, in, in that. But a new feature, again, for the Merchant Alliance, super overpowered when it first came out. People were making hundreds of thousands, millions of gold, knocking it out real quick. You know, you could duplicate the items and stuff like that. Very low quality done on rare side for this. And then they tuned it back, and now it's kind of no one wants to ever do them because it's a waste of your time to do them. Um, I So, again, it was a feature that was undercooked, underbaked, um, really underperformed and underdelivered, um, the commodity system. Um, but another feature, again, to help the Merchant Alliance. But, again, Season 2, it did add a new event out there, though the event is relatively rare. Um, the loot out of it is pretty good especially since you can get up to like what five ashen wind skulls <coughs> pretty good but I think overall it missed the mark as far as what it needed to be uh <laughs> it takes too long uh for players to do <laughs> and the idea of a fort <laughs> that is Athena loot <laughs> it doesn't go far enough mm, excuse me It doesn't go far enough. <clears throat> I don't even think a single fort of fortune gets you grade five Athena. I don't know. I've not tested that. Uh, maybe someone out there has tested it, but I don't think it does. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So you could uh, theoretically, you could swap two and one and just, I guess, it depends on personal opinion. I think fort of fortune was a bigger, a bigger thing to add then lost shipments. Even though lost shipments, I think, changed the game more than uh, Fort of Fortune did. Um, But overall, you know, Fort of Fortune, <laughs> it is what it is. It's it's just it's all their other events thrown into one bucket, mixed up, and said, "Here you go. Here's a new dish." So there you go. Um, But again, I gave season two an edge over season one. Because not only did we get Ford of Fortune, we also got commodities. So we got two kind of new features um, versus the lost shipment single thing. <coughs> Man, we got a cough today, chat. <clears throat> I don't know why I say chat when I'm recording a podcast and, and for YouTube and everything. Cause this podcast is not recorded live on Twitch, like my other one. I think it's just my default thing. I I was actually funny story. Here's here's an aside. Remember, I try to take this show like a a, a radio show. So sometimes we get off topic. Here's an aside. I was I was at a holiday gathering, and there was a lot of people talking. A lot of people talking, and I was trying to 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 get a word in edgewise, and I literally. Wow, you guys are out. Listen up, chat. Listen, chat. And they're looking at me like, who the hell are you talking to? Who's chat? It's like a default. It's like a default thing in me now because of how long I've done Twitch. It's defaulted into me to address a group of people as chat. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. All right. Back to the rankings. Back to the rankings. The number two. Season for 2021 is season five, which crosses the border. I know season five tools, not rules. Now, I think this for a lot of people will be the point of contention where they would put season five lower in the list. And again, I respect your right to be wrong. Season five is a game changer. Do I think that season five's features should have been spread out across seasons and not been its own season? Yes. But do I also think that season five's features that they added are absolutely game-changing and will impact this game for months and years to come? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cannon rowboats. Game-changer. The ability to take a storage crate. And take everything from a barrel. And deposit everything to a barrel. Game changer. Fireworks. Not necessarily game changers. But they'll be used for a very long time. Especially since you can set boats on fire with them. I'm trying to think of some other th- game changing things. Um, from, from season 5. Um, <clears throat> things like the dice game. Is it a major game changer? No, it's not. It's not. But the things that we get in season five go to the core foundation of what Sea of Thieves is. Sea of Thieves is a write-your-own-story adventure. I talked about that a long time in a previous episode. When we were going over season five and why it's it's so impactful, that is why season five, in my opinion, it's not the number one. And if obviously you all know by this point, while I've ranked these, what the number one is. And if again you didn't know that from the beginning, there's something wrong with you. But the tools, not rules, update for season five. Goes to the core of Sea of Thieves, an open world adventure, tell your own story game where you are the writer, director, you are the actor, you are everything. You are your pirate and you get to choose what your adventure is and you get to choose what your pirate does. This update encompasses all of that and gives us new fun things and cool things like cannon rowboats in order for us to tell our story. And that is why I put it at number two, not because there's a new fort or there's a new boss or, or there's, you know, a new floating head in the sky. That's shit talking or because there's a new, you know, squid faced dude sailing around in the flying Dutchman. No, none of that. It's all about the pirate. It's all about the player. It's all about giving you cool things to use in your story. So every time you play, you've got something cool to do. Is this update for everyone? No. No Sea of Thieves update is ever for everyone. Because some people like doing certain things and other people like doing other things. Does this update have a lot of new content for you go out to do? No, it has no new content for you to go out and do. But. It gives us cool new things, burying treasure and creating treasure maps for other players. I wish they would do a little bit more with that. I wish they would do a little bit more to encourage players to do those things. I think going up to that board, like if I see someone that I can clearly see the name is an actual player every time I'll pick up that map because I want to see how creative people are in burying their treasure. I think that's a cool feature and I wish they would do more with that. The ability for you to trap some of these treasure maps is absolutely hilarious. The fact that you can bury live pigs and animals and plants is absolutely hilarious to me, but is it game changing? Is it game impacting? I say, yes, I say yes. I I think aside from number one, it was the most impacting update of this entire year. That's why it's at number two. And unfortunately, we only got half of it in 2021. We've got the other half coming now in 2022 because that season crosses over. just like season one. So I'm anxious to see where they go from here um, with season five. Obviously, it was the holiday events. Um, Now we're in 2022. Um, We'll have probably a Valentine's Day event. We'll probably close off. Um, this season, I believe, uh, cause we got about a month and a half left. So that'll put us somewhere near the end of February new season starts in March. I believe, um, we'll probably line up that. I don't know if my math and my calendar is correct, but that's where I think we will be. Um, but I think, uh, season five, uh, will go down as one of the best updates. Sea of thieves has put out. That's my opinion. I'm putting my stake in the ground. I will die on this hill. I think season five will go down as one of the best updates that Sea of Thieves ever put out. I think it's top five. You heard it here first, folks. Season five is top five all-time Sea of Thieves updates and will stay top five all-time Sea of Thieves updates. The impacts that season five Tools Not Rules has on this game will last longer than some of the other updates that they've done. And number one, number one, if you don't know what it is by now, if you haven't been screaming from your toilet throne in the bathroom of your work, listening on your AirPods by now, taking your morning constitutional, then there's something wrong with you. And you've clearly lived under a rock or not played Sea of Thieves. Most of this year, the best season of 2021 was season three, a pirate's life. This was a complete surprise to everyone. When we saw the trailer at uh, E3, this was a complete slam dunk by rare. This was a complete game changer in every single way. It changed how tall tales worked. It changed the world as we know it, putting in new portal systems in order to go to new lands in the sea of the Damned, And it unlocked a, Infinite, infinite, uh, infinite and limitless possibilities for what Rare and Sea of Thieves can do in the future, allowing us to travel outside of the Sea of Thieves and travel to things like the Sea of the Damned or maybe even outside the Shroud or to other regions with these portals. Whatever the case may be, the portals themselves made servers more stable because players were able to force merge themselves to a different server instead of logging off and leaving a empty spot on a server, which lays that server up for a longer time, causing more dead servers. And not to mention Disney and Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow and, um, you know, Tia Dama and Gibbs and Davy Jones and... All of that, the story that they tied Pirates of the Caribbean into Sea of Thieves, and we had Pendragon, and we had the new uh, Skeletal Captain. We had the uh, what? What was it? Uh, the the the. I don't even remember. Is it Monkey Island or whatever? I I don't remember. Um, teaser inside of the 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 city in the 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 damned. We got to sit through the Disney pirates of the Caribbean ride and actually take part into it. We got to save Jack Sparrow and battle Davy Jones in the flying Dutchman. We got to partner up with the ferryman. We got to see, um, the ghosts of, of, um, Rose and, uh, and George, we got to see the crew of the morning star. It's giving me goosebumps right now, just thinking about it. And I haven't replayed it since season three. And I am literally getting goosebumps right now. That's not because it's like 24 degrees and my windows open because I'm a warm bodied person. I'm getting goosebumps talking about that season and what they did. It was incredible. It was amazing. The art was beautiful. The voiceovers were amazing. The sound effects were crazy cool. We got to see the we got to battle the Kraken. We got to see the Kraken's face. We got to see <clears throat> the um the burn uh not the burning blade. The uh Oh my god, I just lost the name of uh Flameheart Jr.'s ship. Uh crap, the insider ship. Uh uh uh, 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 uh it's not the burning blade, that's flame crap! It's, oh, it's gone. It's poofed. It's poofed. Everyone's yelling at me right now because I forget. It's one of my favorite ships, too. We got to see that in the Sunken Kingdom. We got to fight new mobs as far as the, um, the Crustaceans. And we got to fight new mobs as far as the Sirens. And we got a new boss in the Siren Queen. And it was just an incredible season with a lot of stuff going on. And no one knew it was coming. It made sense. Everyone wanted Jack Sparrow here. Everyone wanted Pirates of the Caribbean here. No one saw it coming. No one saw it coming. It greatly increased the player base of the game. Skyrocketed it. Unfortunately, Season 4 killed that, but that's fine. People will come back. And that's why it's number one. Of all the things that we got in the past 365 days, The partnership with Disney and the Pirate's Life update in season three impacted the game the most. And in my opinion, as it stands right now, season three of Pirate's Life will go down as the greatest Sea of Thieves update at all times. Of course, Rare is going to say, no, 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 no. That wasn't our peak. That wasn't RP. we got more in the the bucket and I hope they're right. I hope they're right. I hope they got more in the tank for us, but I don't think you will be able to top that. No one expected it. No one saw it coming. They kept it secret for years. And then at E3, bam, Jack Sparrow, bam, Disney, bam, a pirate's life. I don't think they can ever top that. I don't think they could fix hit registration and make it perfect. And they still won't. Ha- they still won't top a pirate's life. It'll come close. They won't top a pirate's life. So there you go. Number five, season four, a sunken kingdom. Number four, season one, lost shipments. Number three, season two, fort of fortune. Number two, season five tools, not rules. And the number one season for 2021 is a pirate's life. I have three more awards to give out, three more awards to give out. <clears throat> I have the best update of 2021. We already know what that is. We have the best cosmetic of 2021, and we have the best new feature of 2021. So we already know the best update of 2021 was a pirate's life. We, we just talked about that. Those tie in there. Here's your trophy Good job, Rare. Good job, Disney. Best update of 2021 for Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life Season 3. Now, the next one down is, you know, everyone has their own opinion on cosmetics. But again, I respect your opinion and I expect your, you know, right to be wrong. There's a lot of great cosmetics that came out in 2021. Seasons. Change the world as far as Sea of Thieves and cosmetics are concerned, because we are getting cosmetics hand over fist. Literally, we are bathing in cosmetics at this point. And of course, you all know me, I have a very specific look of my pirate, and it takes a lot in order for me to change out a piece of my um gear. Before season five, before season five. The best cosmetic of 2021, and this I I always, I always, uh, I always tell people this. Um, I always tell people this, and they always laugh at me uh, because, again, no one, no one really paid much mind um, to it when it first came out, but me because I had been looking for this type of cosmetic for a very long time. For those of you who don't know, my pirate's name is Ivar Blood. And his his um, story is a Viking story. And <clears throat> I, I've kind of, you know, taken bits and pieces of Vikings and the golden age of piracy, and then my own little creative takes um, to make this character who he is. Um, and so I have always wanted ways to make my character resemble what I would view a Viking pirate to look like. And so prior to season five, there was one cosmetic that literally just, oh, it made me so excited. And that was season one introduced the, um, the frostbite set and in the frostbite set, and I'm trying to find out exactly which um, tier it was. Um, cause I can't think of what, cause it was so, it was a year ago. There we go. Level 40 of the plunder pass gave you the Frostbite boots. And it was the very first set of leather boots that were fur covered, which plays right into my character, plays right into my character. And that from that, my character has never taken those off. Even if I want to be a sweaty tuck Lord, I still keep those boots on. Because at the end of the day, I have been waiting for rare to do fur covered boots that look really nice and look remind me of like Vikings for a very long time. And they introduced these, which are perfect. They're brown boots for those of you who might not know what they are. They are brown boots with white fur. They have um, a brown like uh, shin covering and a light brown and the, the, the furs tied on with rope. Very Viking, very nice works perfectly with my character have not taken them off since I unlocked them. Um, and again, renowned 40 on the plunder pass. It was the same renown that you got the, the dark Warsmith. If you were a, um, uh, if you were a premium, uh, purchaser. So that took my heart. That took my heart as far as the best cosmetic of 2021. However, however, See of Thieves had to bring Season 5 out, and you already know that I'm high on Season 5, and I think Season 5 is great. But they made this particular award challenging because that is a single cosmetic that I love and worked for my character. But I also have to take into account that if I'm giving the best awards out, that I have to take into account other players as well, unfortunately. So I'm sorry, Frostbite Boots. You cannot be the best cosmetic of 2021. You will be in my heart. But for this show, because we talk about, we try to talk about all players. The best cosmetic of 2021 is the Royal Revenge Weapon set. It was a season five. It It is out right now. I am a player who loves his obsidian. I have all the obsidian weapons. Yes, all of them. All of them. You heard me. All of them. Not just the sniper. Not just the pistol. I have the blunderbuss. I have the sword. I have them all. I also have the ferryman set. But I'm a huge fan of green and black. Huge fan. And... I have used the obsidian everything as far as instruments, equipment, everything, and the weapon set for ever. It's kind of my look. And then they came out with the Royal revenge weapon set. Now, is it enough for me to switch over and use all of the Royal revenge? Nah, I'm not going to switch over and use all the Royal revenge. Uh, that's, 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 that's just, that's just not going to happen. But what I will say is I have used the sniper. I have used the sword. These weapons look sick. They are silver black with dark blood red gems on them. Unfortunately, the sniper does have a red tint to the the glass. If I remember right, but it's got this nice pokey thing on the front. The blunderbuss looks cool. Oh, the sword looks... I love the sword. So, though there were a lot of great cosmetics this season, and everyone's going to have their favorite, and again, my personal favorite was the Frostbite boots from Season 1, because I'd been wanting fur boots for a long time. I say, overall, the best cosmetic of 2021 goes to the Royal Revenge Weapon set, um, which was released in Season 5. Finally... Finally, finally, the rock. No, sorry. Uh, The best new feature of 2021. We already talked about it, so I'm not going to go into length about it. But in my opinion, the best new feature of 2021 was Lost Shipments. If you missed why lost shipments was the best, why it was so good. Rewind about, you know, 40 minutes and I'll be talking about it. But in my opinion of all the features that we got throughout the entire year, lost shipments was the most impactful, um, in the game because it took a emissary. It took a faction, which in my opinion was not, Worked on, not done, unless you really wanted to gouge your eye out with a rusted plastic spork. Yes. Think about that. Don't hurt your brain. I promise you'll hurt your brain. I think Lost Shipments was the most impactful feature um, in the game. Yes, we had a pirate's life, but a pirate's life can't be boiled down to one feature, right? It was the best update because it was full of things, right? I'm talking about One particular feature. And uh, I wish that I could just put accessibility in here because even though it's not something that impacts me or, or a lot of players, it does impact many players. And accessibility has been something that Rare has been working on a lot. We did a whole episode on how amazing that their work on accessibility has been. But if I'm diving down to one feature that they added in 2021 that made the most impact in the game, I'm going to say it's lost shipments. It's very lucrative. In my opinion, it's a lot of fun solving the mystery and learning about the, reading the paper and seeing how the ship sunk is hilarious. Reading the the captain's log, right, is, is hilarious. It's very lucrative as far as the money you get out of it. And it finally made Merchant Alliance close to, if not even keel with the other trading companies, as far as vaults and as far as skulls and the order of souls, it brought them to a better level. As far as, you know, when players log in, if they're going to take an emissary, they're probably only going to take merchant because they need, they needed to get the merchant emissary stuff done. Once they got the emissary stuff done, you know, and the rewards weren't changing, uh, last year, I just dropped my pen. Um, once the rewards weren't changing last year, there was no reason to, to run merchant. Unless again, you wanted to know as and can finish your accommodations. No one ever ran merchant. Lost shipments made people actually start running merchant. It was worth the time. It was, it was a great, uh, a uh, moneymaker. In my opinion, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, and I think that was the best feature of 2021. I'm sure there are a lot of things that I said that people will disagree with, and that's absolutely fine. You can always find the email to the show Pirate Talk Radio um, in the show notes if you would like to email in on the show, ask questions, bring up topics you would like me to cover. The Discord link for the Game Legion Discord that I run is in the link below. There is a Pirate Talk Radio section that you can talk to me about Pirate Talk Radio. There, you can always hit me up on Twitter, Davram TV, on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions, my DMs, I believe, are open. Uh, you can send me a message there. You can also come by and check out the live stream. Though I don't really play a whole lot of Sea of Thieves, though it's changing, and I have a day of Sea of Thieves with Captain Logan uh, each week. Um, you can come over to twitch.tv slash Davram. All the money that I make on Twitch does go directly to our charity extra life, which again, I want to take a moment and thank everyone who donated, um, either through contributions of subs and bits on Twitch or who actually donated directly to the Extra Life uh, page that I have. We raised almost $2,500 last year for Extra Life and to help children pay for their health care. So thank you very much, everyone. You guys rock. That is absolutely outstanding. And I'll tell you what, um, I did have a couple opportunities to go see the kids um, and, and see how they were doing. Uh, these kids are just absolutely incredible. They are fighting through. A lot of them had a wonderful holiday. Santa brought them a lot of cool stuff. Um, and the smiles on them, um, seeing that money roll in from you guys is just absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding. So guys, thank you very much for listening. Welcome to 2022, make it great, make it great, make it great. It's a blank canvas. And now you have the opportunity to be the artist in 2022, make your life the best you can possibly be and be the best person you can possibly be. And I will see you next time on pirate talk. Radio.